What is up? Welcome back to Culture FC, the weekly soccer show that's not really about soccer. We cover lifestyle, music, fashion, politics, all of the things surrounding the beautiful game, just none of the results happening on the pitch. My name is Louie. My name's Aggie. We also had Brendan here for half of this episode before he had to leave early. In this week's episode, we covered a plethora of topics of random things that have happened over the past couple weeks in soccer that we really just wanted to catch up on, things that you might have missed. If you enjoy this episode, please leave us an honest review. It would mean the world to us because we want to grow. We want to get better. We want to know what you guys want to hear. So leave us an honest review and share with a friend. And and be sure to share this with a friend or family member who loves soccer. Any feedback you got, guys, anything. We'd love to hear your opinion. You can find us on pretty much all social media at Treble Soccer. It's T-R-E-B-L Soccer. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Find us all in there. Uh, and also, please check out our YouTube channel. We have other shows that we post along with the video version of this podcast on our YouTube channel every single week. So check us out on there if you want more soccer action. This will also be our last episode for about two weeks as I, Louie, will be on vacation in Spain visiting my girlfriend for about two weeks. Living the good life. Gonna hopefully shoot some content out there, hopefully go into a game or two. So I'll have some more interesting stuff on our YouTube channel. Uh, but that means that next week we will not be having an episode we do apologize i know we just came back from a very long hiatus but we will not be gone for long and we hope to see you back in a couple weeks don't miss us too much we promise we're coming back and with that being said let's jump into this week's episode Alrighty, guys, diving right into this week's uh, news items that you might have missed. An article came out on Forbes uh, titled, Why Nike Believes 2019 is a Tipping Point for Women's Soccer. So we've been covering uh, women's soccer kind of extensively over the last couple episodes and because a lot of really interesting stuff has been happening in the buildup of this year's uh, Women's World Cup in France. And one thing that has been very interesting to see is was the launch of all of the kits for the 14 nations at this summer's Women's World Cup by Nike. Uh, they came out with some of the flyest looking kits. And I believe we might have even mentioned this on one of the episodes to go check it out. But one thing that we de- never really mentioned is the fact that for the first time ever, the kits for the Women's World Cup were specifically designed for the women's teams. Usually what would happen was that they the women's team would play in a modified version of the shirts designed for the men's side. And that was true across the whole world. Uh, I'm pretty sure the only team that didn't do that was the over the past five years was the United States uh, women's national mm-hmm. team, who, all, who over at least the past half decade have had their own kits. Yeah. But this is the first time that across the world, each country for the Women's World Cup got their own unique kits. And, you know... I just thought that to be really awesome, Um, especially because Nike was so profound and so thorough with their process of doing this because they did like a what they called a 4D body scanning. They did numerous fits that were tested uh, with specific athletes providing feedback for them. Um, And some of these kits that they designed were so fucking sick. Some of these kits are flat out better than the men's side. Absolutely. Easily. To show you that the the. The men's cut of the new Australian women's team jersey sold out in a few hours. So, first of all, I can't even remember a decent-looking Australia men's kit. I can't either. But this one for the women, this uh, up for the upcoming World Cup, is so dope. It is gorgeous. It is very sick. And honestly, Nike, despite the fact that they've been sucking with every other team that they make jerseys for, for the women's teams at this summer's World Cup, they put in 
overtime on these because they are all so fly. The new the new U.S. women's uh, jerseys are sick. So their home one is a classic white strip, but the away is this beautiful red kit that I literally can't get enough of. Like it is so nice. Um, but I just wanted to get you guys reactions on that, what you think of it, um, and just overall thoughts. So the Matildas jersey, the Australian national team, is fly. Uh, saw that um, one of the old players posted something on, I think, Twitter. And it was like, welcome back. Because that jersey plays on the jerseys that he wore oh. when he played in the World Cup oh, back wow. in the day. That's pretty cool. I forget what country. There was one country that had like a like a gradient jersey that was just so dope. I was It was red that like, kind of like... Went gray into blue. It mm. was sexy. Even the USA's white one is super clean. Yeah. Damn, Nike. I'm still waiting for the U.S. national teams to have a jersey sponsor right on the right on the center and be but that national, BW. But, but national I know, teams but don't still, have sponsors. I'm just saying, but still. <laughs> like, I want to buy a jersey with the sponsor on it. Oh, see, I prefer national team jerseys because they don't have a sponsor. I think it's more clean that way. Yeah. I guess I'll just have to be a... England's kits are fly, England's too. Are I actually, before I pull this up, so like I said to Egg a couple weeks back, I follow Fran Kirby on Instagram and she posted a picture of her in the away kit (laughs) and it's dope. And the Nigerian one too, it's, it's a little similar to the men's one, but that's a good thing because the men's one was so fly. The New Zealand ones are dope too. They have the, they have the feathers on the sleeves. Yes. But basically what we're saying is that one, that's Norway. Norway's, I think away jersey is sexy. Their home one is nice too, honestly, but their away one is so fly to me. France's fucking one with the dots on it, dude. It's so dope. 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 Flat out Nike killed it with these jerseys. I might have to buy a France kit. Dude, I might get me a Brazil women's jersey because it is dope. They're really cool. Uh, But yeah, guys, check them out. I mean, clearly you could sit here, listen to us emoting about what we're we're looking at, but check it out. There's, you can literally find it pretty easy. You're soon going to be seeing these hopefully all over the place, but um, overall, I love the fact that Nike is putting so much effort into doing this because they they should be the the company that's at the forefront of this, and they should be oh, the absolutely. company that's doing this and changing the culture around women's soccer. Um, which is interesting because like another thing that I found very interesting that they've done recently is that they've launched like a Nike Pro hijab that will like you know help mm-hmm. Muslim women get into sports more. It's showing that like even as a Muslim woman who has to wear a hijab, like you can still play sports, you can still be a part of the sports culture. So I love that Nike's kind of taken that step. And one of the things that this article on Forbes said is um, that women's soccer is clearly on an upward trajectory and for things to keep improving, the next generation must be inspired to continue the journey. And maybe that'll happen this summer with a young girl watching her heroes at the world cup, wearing kits made for players like her, because it's not going to feel like second fiddle anymore. It's not going to be like, Oh yeah, it's the women's world cup, but they're just wearing, you know, slimmer versions of the men's kits. It always kind of felt like hand-me-downs in a sense. Like, Oh, okay, here's what the men wore and just kind of throw it their way. Not anymore. But the fact that Nike took so much effort to create a, a specific, like collection of kits that are are a phenomenal looking. They're going to look great on the pitch. They're going to sell out. They're going to be iconic things. Like I, you think about world cups and the images in your mind, they're always kind of m- married to the images of these kits. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the fact that these are so, they stand out so much. It's going to be incredible to see that what, how this affects women's soccer in the future. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Oh yeah. Imagine like, I think, I think about these lines the, towards the end of this article and it's like, yeah, imagine there's a little girl who watches the world cup this summer and like 
gets super inspired by someone and all of a sudden mm-hmm. she goes, man, like this is unique to us. Like we can do right. this and like it becomes amazing for her. Well, yeah. Some little girl summer gets a birthday gift of, of her, her national team's jersey. You know what I mean? That's a memory that lasts a lifetime right there. Yep. If she grows up, if maybe she falls in love with the sport. Bang, next Alex Morgan. Bang, right there. Or the next Fran Kirby. Or the next Marta. Bronca Bay. Marta, dude. Oof. Such a baller. Such a baller. So I don't know if you guys saw this, but this one is another one of those weird stories that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, Racing Club won the Argentinian title uh, this a couple weeks ago. Um, the Argentinian league is split up into like an opening section and a closing section, but Racing mm-hmm. won one of these. And one of their supporters, a guy by the name of Gabriel Aranda, he took his celebrations a little crazily. <laughs> he... Oh, yeah. Brought along the skull of his dead grandfather, Valentin. And Aranda said in an interview that the skull is a good luck charm, which he takes out of its tomb for every racing game. If you haven't seen this picture, look up racing club fan grandfather skull and you'll find it. This dude's got the biggest treasure trail to fucking <laughs> pew batch. Oh, true. He's ever. not. His pants are looking yeah. hanging real low and you can... I also saw the scar at first. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, what's that? I'm like, damn, like, that is a bunch I'm of like, pubes, wow, you got dude. burnt or something. And someone's like, no, nope, nope, that's not a burn mark. Okay. <laughs> so this dude literally digs up his grandfather's grave every time that racing does something well and bring like and celebrates with it. So I have a question for you guys. Is it endearing or is it flat out weird or both? Listen, I'm gonna give the only acceptable answer. It is endearing as hell. <laughs> uh, I don't know, you, you know, I don't think I would ever be put in a position like my grandfather neither of my grandfathers followed sports crazily. So if if my grandfather was just like no, I couldn't desecrate his corpse. What am I thinking, dude? I would never take a fucking in, skull out there. In the year 2085, if my grandson's not digging up my my bones and taking a Chelsea championship parade, I will be pissed. Actually, yeah. Now that I think about it that way, absolutely. My future grandchildren, if you ever if you ever stumble <laughs> upon this, go dig up my grave. Go bring my skull to a game because I, this is the only sport where this would ever happen in. Absolutely. Like, True. This is the only thing that has so much passion mm-hmm. that would take... Okay, first of all, though, side note, South Americans are crazy. My yeah. people are all yeah. ridiculously insane in the head. Imagine imagine you're pulling up to the TD Garden, right? You're about to watch <laughs> the Celtics. May, hey, may, it might be, might be game seven of the NBA Finals. And you've got your, your your grandfather's skull in your hand. You think letting you in? I don't think so. No imagine way. Sitting, imagine you're in the stands, no right? And you sit down. You're on a cute day with your girl. You look over right next to you. There's a shirtless guy. And right next to him in the empty seat, there's a skull on the seat. And you're like, oh, <laughs> sir, who are you saving that for? He's like, nope. It's for my grandfather. He's here in spirit. You immediately look at your girl and go, hey, we got to go. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Let's go see a movie or something. But you want to leave? You want to go sit up way back <laughs> in the back? You know, matter of fact, you want to switch seats up there? So <laughs> at first I was like, man, this is so strange. Like he's desecrating a grave, like all this stuff. But quite frankly, I find it super endearing. Like it clearly I, meant so much to his grandfather. Yeah. That, yeah. Would I ever do it myself? Absolutely not. Not in a million years. I'm a bitch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do go near a grave. respect the move? Yeah, I respect 110%. I'm terrified of graveyards, so I wouldn't do it, but my grandson better not be a bitch. He better go dig me up and bring me <laughs> same, around. Same, same, Not going to lie. I'm actually, like, when my grandson's like five, I'm actually going to, like, <laughs> the first, like, act he was going to do is shoveling. <laughs> I'm going to take him out of really him. dig. You know what I mean? Prepare me. And once I get to that age where I'm getting old, I'm like, hey, by the way, so remember how I used to teach you how to dig really well? Yeah, you're going to want to use that. Whenever Chelsea play a big game. 
take my skull when out. Eden Hazard the <laughs> third it's a hat trick pull me out of the grave so keeping it along with racing club uh, like we said they recently won the Argentinian league last weekend or two weekends ago at this point I believe but what was also more incredible than a the gentleman digging up his grandfather's skull <laughs> racing winning the league is the fact that racing club wore eight different kits in one season <laughs> eight of them like eight like like six seven eight Eight. Yes, like eight, as in ocho, oito. Uh, how how, how many more? How many more languages do you know to say eight in? Go ahead. Wheat, mm. wheat is eight in French. Oh, there Ooh. you go. Um, if I'm not wrong, hachi is eight in ja- Japanese. So we'll so, go with that. Someone fact check that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically, they literally wore eight different kits during one season, and. The reason I bring this up is, A, they're all pretty good looking. They're all pretty dope, actually. Yeah, they are. Like, And the thing about racing is that they're a very classy club from Argentina. Uh, they're one of like the, what they consider like the big five in Argentina, mm-hmm. the biggest clubs in Argentina. But like, I'm pretty sure they, they, won, they beat the record of how many different kits a team would wear in one season. The reason that this struck me as strange is that our next news topic was the fact that Nike is planning on releasing more fourth kits for the 2019-2020 season, and I wanted to get your guys' reaction. But then this popped up, and I saw that a club in South America wore eight different kits. And I just thought it was insane. (laughs) I love this move, honestly. I wish my club would wear eight. Yeah, kids. I wish I my club had more jerseys. Like. Really? Yeah. You don't think that it oversaturates the the market and kind of takes away from the meaningfulness oh, of oh, a no, kit? No, I mean, it, to an extent. But no, it, it definitely, just... it definitely does. I'll say this: if I'm being honest, I wouldn't. Really, I don't actually want my club to do that. It, I, I like the traditional home away third. You know what I mean? If you're giving me eight options at that point, you're, it's overkill. You know what I mean? There's a certain romanticism about seeing that new kit every year, knowing you're getting a new home, new away, new third. Freaking eight of them every year, it's kind of... Or what about four, though? Which is where I was going to take it. Where is the line? Because I don't think you need more than three kits. You don't need more than three. You could sneak a fourth, and they're not against it. If you ever touch five, you've gone too far. Yeah. So, okay, so we... Five is is too much. Five, you've done too much. Four is pushing it. Three... you don't really see a lot of thirds played. And so let's kind of review, though, the reason why a team even has three kits is, you know, traditionally you'd have your home colors, which are your main colors. Yep. And because sometimes other teams have and wear the same color, you need a secondary kit to play in where mm-hmm. it offsets that. And then sometimes you have a club that you're playing that has both of the colors on both your home and away kit, which is why the third kit is necessary. Yeah. So And usually outlandishly gross <laughs> in terms of the last couple of years for my team. So yeah, yeah, we went from this. this one wasn't that bad. This one's it okay. It's what, the, the purple, purple one? one. The purple yeah, one. It's not that bad. I You're got right. a fake one. It's pretty cool. <laughs> um, but the year before that, highlighter orange, highlighter yellow. Uh, Brendan, oh, sir, uh, like Brendan supports Liverpool. If anybody was wondering, <laughs> poor uh, guy. Poor guy. I know. Uh, poor let's, guy. Let's yeah, all, let's poor all guy. Poor me. <laughs> <laughs> poor me. Yeah. No way. Okay, I'm so happy. Come back mid-May when they've bottled the league. All right. So so we do think that there's space for fourth kits. In terms of practicality, is it necessary, do you no, think? No, it's not. Can from you a, even... From a fan's point of view and loving the commercial aspect of it, that's kind of where I say I'm okay with it. But from yeah. from an actual necessity point of view, it's not needed. No, we don't all. need them. But yeah. they want more money, and I give them... Same, I mean, I'll not, to say, not to say that I would even buy... <laughs> I, don't, I never buy all three jerseys in a season. Yeah, me neither. I usually buy the, my favorite one. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's so like, one a year. give me four choices. That'd be cool, but that would also probably narrow down the like the overall sales. Yeah. It's, 
at some point on this podcast, we talked about uh, how FIFA released digital only like like fifa ended up partnering up with nike and the other clubs and they essentially created a like a fourth digital kit that your team could only play with on fifa yeah and at that point i was like you know what i think that's cool because you're starting to bridge the gap between esports and trying to bring it more mainstream that's cool but now i'm wondering shouldn't they have maybe if nike is going to make a fourth kit wouldn't it be even cooler if they actually bridged the gap and made that like digital only kit be playable almost or does that almost negate the necessity of it no i think it'd be cool if like they played they played one game in the fourth digital kit yeah and they sold it at, to fans i'd be okay with that and like in specials like in like one special scenario maybe your last game of the season yeah like, or like, like there's a special fifa game yeah like you pay yeah. a fifa game and now those mm-hmm. jerseys are like like heart maybe they have like some fucking heart rate monitor in them or That'd some shit much. like no, you're right yeah like you, during this one game of the season you can log on and track your favorite yeah. player yeah how many touches they've had and like it, that, it's a whole that thing but that's probably kind of like what, i don't know if you guys saw what the warriors did last night it was their last game in their in their stadium or their arena i guess they requested to play in the jersey from like 10 years ago Pretty dope. Like, oh, to like honor. Yeah, to honor like, like cool. their outgoing thing. Scenarios like that, I think would be super cool to do, like use that fourth kit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe your last home game of the season or True. a big European game. I don't know, something like that. It'd be yeah. pretty cool to use it for that. You can like you can only use it once. That's like that's a rule. Yeah, you have like, like you have one <laughs> chance have to one use try. Your use it correctly. Extra cool jersey. Because I think that this topic really does come back to like the commercialization of the sport, right? And we've talked about that a lot, where it's like. You know, clubs have other methods of creating shirts and tops that they can sell. Like, there's training wear. There's, like, you know, the special edition, like, uh, like different collabs that they make with fashion brands and stuff like that. So, in my, I'm almost looking at it like, why do you need to push a fourth kit that doesn't have any real meaning behind it? Like, say, this digital kit would have. Or, you know, because a lot of people complain about South American clubs. Because if you've ever seen a South American club's kit, it's usually outfitted completely with like uh, advertisements all over the place yeah. um and so it's almost like at what point does it stop getting so commercialized you know what i mean like i don't know i i, I at the end of the day i'm i really don't like the idea of them releasing four kits mm-hmm. i i would be okay with it if it had the, uh, some significance that like yeah. for like i said yeah. if it connected uh, the digital aspect of it try to bridge the gap between um you know esports and like re- real sports uh but you know, that's me. All right, touching on a topic I actually found this week. Adrian Adrian Rabio, the PSG outcast, was officially suspended by PSG for liking Patrice Evra's Instagram post of him celebrating United's win over his club. Wait, what? They officially <laughs> Yeah. What? Yeah, apparently some football leaks account or something found the letter sent to him that stated, hold on, I'll read the exact the exact wording. And it was stated after telling me suspended, you are obliged to fulfill your duty of loyalty. Damaging the cohesion and serenity of the team is not acceptable. So basically, every, most of you guys probably know, United knocked PSG out, last minute drama. Patrice Everett was at the stadium celebrating like crazy. Adrian Rabio had already gotten some drama with PSG at that point. And wasn't playing. Wasn't Hasn't playing. been playing pretty much all season. Pretty much. Yeah. He was pretty much an outcast because some summer drama and a bunch of other things. And went on Instagram because Patrice Everett posted a video of him celebrating in their stadium and actually liked the post of Patrice Everett celebrating PSG being eliminated from the Champions League. That's amazing because, one, 
Adrian Rabo's already being outcast, like we said. Yep. He wasn't yep. being part of this team. He's basically trying to like like really screw over PSGs, talking about how like they treat him, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Was already trying to force a move in the winter. And then the fact that your team gets embarrassed by a team yep. that literally had no players fit. And then you go and like a rival player's video making fun of your own team. That's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. 100%. He must have known. He, he He's already had a foot out the door at PSG. But that was just the nail on the coffin. So I find that super petty from PSG's side to an extent, almost. I kind of do. I definitely think that there was already problems between the club and player. And this is just the way of them, again, putting the nail on the coffin. But, like, it wasn't like he was ever going to play for them again. He, he hadn't dressed for them wasn't. in a while. He might have got a game or two in once they had wrapped the league up just to kind of maybe. I mean, he's leaving on a free anyway, actually. It's not even a transfer fee involved. Right. Really, so. Right. So really, it was just a, just one last slap in the face to PSG from Adrian Rabio. That's so great, man. That's so funny. Personally, I love this level of petty. You know what I mean? Oh, it absolutely. Is, it is hilarious. Oh, when soccer gets petty, it's my favorite part. <laughs> the fact that he went on Instagram, saw this video, and thought, huh, that's insulting the club I currently play for. <laughs> Let me just double tap this real quick and keep on moving. <laughs> oh, yeah. Adrian Rabio, I love the pettiness, man. It makes me very happy. But moving along to something that happened that I literally could not believe as I read this headline. <clears throat> I'm going to I'm going to read it real quick. I believe so this happened in Serie A's like third division in Italy. Um Sicilian amateur player stages elaborate fake helicopter kidnapping during final match before retirement. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Eschewing the usual like 85th minute substitution, a veteran footballer from Sicily went to great lengths to mark the last competitive game of his career. According to Fox Sports Italia, Ignacio Barbagallo was making his final appearance for local side Cita de Villa Grande, who played in the third tier of the Sicilian League. Uh, basically, what he did was shortly after he got subbed on to the game, a helicopter swooped down out of the sky from which a gang of masked men sprang to smuggle Barbagallo away and literally kidnapped him in the middle of the game. So imagine this, right? You're sitting in the stands. You know, it's a small little local club, but there's a game being played. Yeah. <laughs> You're about to retire. You pay a group of people and hire a pilot and hire a helicopter to come pick you up mid-game, pretend to kidnap you, to try and make a stand it's <laughs> to, to commemorate your long career. I I can't even fault the guy for this move. The fact that the club lets this go down is great. Credit to the club. Were they punished for this? They were, they were fined 200 euros. 200 euros? <laughs> That's it? And actually, oh, I'm sorry. And they, were, they have been banned from playing again until the end of May for causing oh. the interruption of the game by pre-ordering and allowing the landing of a helicopter on the pitch. Okay, that's a little more serious, <laughs> and I get that. But for these guys, this last one anyway, way to go out, my man. Um, yeah, uh, what? I just, I have no words. I am very happy that this happened. But okay, so here's my thinking of it. Why would he do that? I don't really know either, like... what? How was that the way you want? Maybe like somehow going to the stands or something. You know what I mean? Maybe like, like something you, with the fans. Well, I guess you're gonna become memorable no matter how you look at ah, it. That's a good point. But to be fake smuggled out, like <laughs> once you get in the air, you're just like, all right, boys, they forget me out of there. Like, where do you go from there? <laughs> and like, oh man, it's such a baller move, though. Oh, for like, sure. Like power play. Like you'll you mm-hmm. literally will probably get drinks bought for you every day you go out for the rest of your life yep. for everybody who got a laugh. Out also, of that. side note, great fucking name on this guy. Oh yeah, Ignacio, super what was it? Ignacio 
Barbagallo. Well, I can't even say the Barbagallo. Ignacio Barbagallo. That's that's like a pretty baller name. Absolutely. If anyone was gonna do this, it was Ignacio's turn. Good for you, Ignacio. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That is so great. I just literally <laughs> he like literally flew off into retirement. Folks. It, it, this, these are the stories that come up that you're literally just like, this could only happen in soccer. Yeah, man. nowhere it, else. It really, where, like, where else are you landing a helicopter <laughs> on the field to sum a man out? Oh, I just, it's incredible to even. And think if you're about. the opposing team too, you're sitting there, you're like, all right, he's summoned out. And you're oh like, my what god! Is that imagine noise? you're the imagine opposing it, team and you don't know it. what's going on, and you're just sitting there going, oh my god, why is there a helicopter <laughs> landing in this and game? And these massive bunch of you're kind of like, should we help him? Like, like <laughs> Ignacio, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> okay. Also, let's a new spin on it. You're an amateur side, so you're not even a professional. Yeah. You probably have to go work in the morning with your day job. Oh my god! And all god. of a sudden, you see a helicopter come into the stadium. You go, fuck! Now we're really gonna be stuck here for a couple extra hours. I would literally, I would literally be like, dude, I don't have time for this shit. All right. <laughs> can, can we get back to the game, please? Hurry up, get to the helicopter. Oh, Ignacio, get in the damn helicopter. Let's go. Uh, uh, one very interesting little thing that I saw. Apparently, Inter Milan are trying to sue David Beckham and his MLS franchise for using the name Inter. I saw that, actually. I First of all, I didn't know you could own the word or shortened <laughs> word Inter. Like, it's just short for international. Like, yeah. why? Like, I don't understand. Like th- Their official name, isn't it Internacional Milano? Are they even Milano? Internacionale de Milano. Okay. Inter Miami is going to be Club Internacional de Football Miami. And so I guess Inter are legitimately trying to like sue Inter Miami. And I find that kind of ridiculous. Same. Like, because look at where they have a Real Salt Lake. Real Madrid didn't come for them. Right. And like, okay, you could make fun of Real Salt Lake because there, there's no royalty in Salt Lake City. And it's weird yeah, that they yeah. call themselves Real, <laughs> but no one tried to sue them for that, I don't think. No. So I just find it very petty. Like, they, extremely. Especially because Miami is an international city. Yeah. Like, there's so many different cultures there. I, I find the name to be super fitting. Same. Yeah, I'm okay with it. If there's any, if there's any team in in America that's going to get that name, Miami's the one that gets it. Yeah, it, I'm okay with that. Oh, but one funny thing. I, f- I saw a funny tweet. I actually retweeted it on our uh, Twitter account. Uh, someone wrote, obviously the answer is to rename it Club de Sport Internacional Miami, CSI Miami. <laughs> that, to me, is the greatest joke I've ever heard. That would be the best way to avoid this this trademark. I was as soon as you started talking, I was against this lawsuit. I'm for it, folks. <laughs> Shut down Inter Miami. Give me CSI Miami. <laughs> <laughs> if this lawsuit truly happens and goes through, I want to see CSI Miami. Oh man! And listen, will it will it make MLS a little more laughable? Yeah, it might. But it's what we all deserve. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be the greatest team name ever. So, but keeping our conversation along the MLS uh, convo, I also retweeted a couple of things from this past weekend that were very shocking to me. Uh, first of all, an account called Empty Seats Galore, which is already an interesting name, the announced crowd at uh, Red Bull New York versus Minnesota was 15,706. You look at the video, like the pictures of these of these yeah, stands. Is- there is no chance in hell no that way. there are fifteen thousand people at Red Bull Arena. No way. Red Bull Arena only fits like twenty thousand people, and and there's sections tarped off, like. And so, weirdly enough, over the past couple weeks, this hasn't been the first time it happened. And earlier that day, uh, New York City FC played at Yankee Stadium, 
in what they said was uh, a another like crazy sellout crowd of something like sixteen thousand. It was the same thing. Yeah. And someone that I retweeted said like what nineteen million people in the New York City metro area, and you've got Red Bull New York tarping off seats and still less than half full on a Saturday night, yeah. and New York City FC tripping over crappy sod on a baseball infield. And the weirdest part is that the MLS is like championing these like uh, uh ex- like announced uh what is it what is it called like the in- ex- announced attendance like. They use the numbers that are announced as like the amount of people who are there. And it's just very strange to see because, you know, you talk about how the MLS is growing and they're doing all this stuff, but they're lying saying that like an announced crowd of 15,000 oh, yeah. people is at the game when there isn't. It's sad, honestly. You, like, and if you're do, if you've got to the point where you have to do that, don't you think you should look into your league? Don't you think something is going wrong? I just find it very strange that like they will blatantly lie to the American consuming public and be like, yeah, the oh, every team in the MLS is selling out. And what is very weird about this season is that you have teams that are genuinely being supported. You have, you know, FC Cincinnati sold out their home ground again yesterday with 30 something thousand people. It looked great. Uh, you have clubs, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Portland, Seattle, LAFC, who draw in big, big numbers. Yet you have certain clubs in MLS that I'm sorry, I'm gonna take the word club back because they're not, it's a franchise. They have franchises in the MLS that that's fair can't seem to pull in any numbers. And it's really sad to see that, like, you know, the growth that people are talking about the MLS, it's coming from a select number of clubs, and we've mentioned this before, but it's very strange that it continues to be put out there with these crappy numbers and these lies. It's it's sad. Like instead of just addressing the issues that your league is having, you'd rather lie to fans. Like you can blatantly see it's a lie. You can look at these pictures, see the crowd, and you can't tell me that's fifteen, twenty thousand people. It's just not. Right. It's barely five thousand, if that. You probably count the amount of people on one hand, like in these pictures. I really might be able to. It's sad, but and if you're thinking, oh, maybe it was something was fun was going on in New York this weekend. No, you no. can look on. You can look online. Like you can look at other pictures of other stadiums during this past weekend. You see that people are starting to really lose interest yep. in Major League Soccer. Yep. I can tell you, I was actually in New York this weekend, and the only fun thing when I was a Millennium Tour, and I promise <laughs> that wasn't pulling in numbers like that. Um, and it's just very, very interesting that that is happening. Sad, 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 sad. Instead of manning up and bettering the league, it's just blatant lies. But there you have it, guys. Another episode in the books. Let us know what you think about the different topics. Uh, would you stage your own uh, helicopter fake rescue <laughs> if you were retiring yes. from the third division team? <laughs> yes, I would. And if you say no to that question, You're your morals are <laughs> twisted. Uh... Let us know what you think. Send us a DM. Share this episode with a friend. Uh, Yeah, we'll catch you in a couple weeks.